The Jimmy IV Sexy Cool Lounge is an inspirational podcast spreading positive energy and only good vibes into the universe through personal discovery, empowerment, and self-love awareness. Now, please join me in the Sexy Cool Lounge with our creator and host, Jimmy IV. everyone. I'm Jess Marie. I am the host of the Unapologetically Overcoming podcast. I was a previous guest on episode 95 of the Sexy Cool Lounge, and Jimmy Ivey has graciously handed the keys to the Sexy Cool Lounge over to me today to host episode 112 while he is celebrating his 57th birthday. Don't worry, though. He'll be back in the captain's chair for episode 113. In addition to being the host of my own podcast, I'm a mom, small business owner, motivational speaker, and life coach. I had such an amazing time joining Jimmy Ivey as a guest, and I am beyond thrilled to be back in the Sexy Cool Lounge again today. I am also thrilled to introduce my guest, Fletcher Cleves. Fletcher was an aspiring football star whose life was drastically changed in an instant when he was involved in a car accident caused by a woman who was texting and driving. Fletcher's story is not one of tragedy though. His story is full of triumph. He used his experience in a positive way and went on to become a college graduate, working professional, world traveler, motivational speaker, and president of a nonprofit organization that brings awareness to the dangers of distracted driving. Fletcher is such a light and inspiration, and I am honored to have him joining me in the Sexy Cool Lounge today. Before we get started, Fletcher, Jimmy IV asks all of his guests this question, and I cannot wait to hear your answer. Okay, okay. What, what does sexy cool mean to you? Oh, that's easy. Sexy cool is a definition of Fletcher Cleaves, baby. <laughs> uh, I would say sexy cool is all about how you feel with inside, you know, nobody can take your joy from away from you. So as long as you got confidence, I was blessed to be raised by two parent households who instill confidence. Don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do. So I've always had high confidence within myself. So I've been sexy cool before I was in the chair. <laughs> I love that. That's a great answer. That is a great answer. So um, if you could share with the listeners um, mm -hmm. a little bit about your story, how you went from football star um, the accident that happened and where you are at now. Absolutely. So uh, I graduated high school in May 2009. Growing up, I was a blessed individual to be physically gifted with certain capabilities that my peers weren't necessarily gifted with. So I was kind of an, a star athlete in the sport of football. And I ended up obtaining a football scholarship when I graduated high school. So I graduated high school in May 2009. And, but unfortunately, uh, in September of 2009, my freshman year in college, I was involved in a car crash where a distracted driver ran my roommate and I off the road, causing us to flip into an embankment. And when the car flipped, the roof caved in and ended up breaking my neck in two places. So when that happened, I was paralyzed immediately and I was knocked unconscious. And just throughout that whole trials and tribulation, that journey of being a collegiate athlete to now being a quadriplegic, took me on a whirlwind of ups and downs with learning how to, to rely on the physical capabilities that I've always relied upon. So, but I was thankful enough to overcome adversity and live a prosperous life. 
your story is it's so inspiring. Um, you just recently wrote a book too. I forgot mm-hmm. to leave, I forgot to mention that part in the intro. Um, but you wrote a book, um, which I read in one day, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I literally one day read the entire thing. Um, what was the the motivation behind writing the book? Well, people always told me from the beginning, because it took me about I would say eight years after my car crash to actually, you know, write a book. People was, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I was like, I don't even like writing emails. So I know I ain't going to write no book. <laughs> so I was like, no, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. And I always challenging myself to do new things and live outside my comfort zone. I was like, you know what? Let me try to do this. So, I, you know, uh, I read this quote that said, you know, 30 years from now, you're going to regret the things you didn't do versus the things you did do. So I was like, I don't want to get 80 years old and be like, you know, what? I should have wrote that book, even though it may not be too late. But so I just wanted to live outside my comfort zone and push my push my life to the limits and write the book. It turned out to be a tremendous success. I became Amazon bestselling author uh, within like the first two weeks of the book being released. So it's it's a it's a blessing to to have that book out. And also just I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I'm glad you did it, too, because it really is. I mean, there's so much in the book. There's so much inspiration. There's so much, you know, just tips, I guess, on like how to take something tragic and turn it into something mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, you know, stood out for me was the chapter on um, life after the accident and mm-hmm. getting adjusted to, you know, your new body, your new life. Can you talk about what that adjustment was like for you? Uh, absolutely. So at the, my car crash happened. I was 18 years young. During that time of my life, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. Um, I, my life was focused around three things. It was school, football, and girls. So mm-hmm. that's it. So, But after life after the car crash, I had to, lack of a better term, become a man. I had to, what is going to be my new identity now that I'm no longer associated with football? You know, I went back to college, so I still was in school. I ended up graduating with a degree in computer science. But I had to find myself and figure out, Am I going to let this disability defeat me, so to speak? Am I going to be the guy that was in the car crash never to be heard from again? I never wanted to be defined by my uh, disability. I never wanted to be, oh, Fletch. Are you talking about Fletch, the guy in the wheelchair? I wanted to be, oh, you talking about Fletch, the college graduate, the motivational speaker? Like, I, I didn't want my disability to be the first thing people thought of. Or what accomplishments can I overcome or accumulate to put the disability on the back burner? And throughout that, I've always been a strong-minded, strong-willed individual. And I just wanted to live my life as if, as if nothing ever happened. Yeah. And I think the book is a good illustration of you doing just that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing so many things that other people, I mean, people who aren't in a wheelchair aren't doing. And it was so inspiring to read some of the stories and the things that you've done, um, you know, that, I mean, I would be scared to do some of them. I think we talked about this the last time we, when you were mm-hmm. on my podcast is about jumping out of an airplane. That's something I've always wanted to do, but mm-hmm. I'm terrified. <laughs> and you did that. Absolutely. Uh, football coach, you say scared man, dead man. So <laughs> you can't go through life tip throwing, you know, uh, uh, being a motivational speaker, I always attach certain just to arrive safely at death. Like, you know, life to death is a one of one, not to make it sound a little dark, but mm-hmm. you might as well live your life because, you know, at the end, we all got the same outcome, you know. But so I've always chose to live my life as if nothing ever happened, as I said previously.
coming close to death made me truly appreciate life. Yeah. And I mean, I can imagine that that would, that would do that for almost anybody, um, you know, kind of being given a second chance because yeah. not everyone that was in an accident like that has survived an accident Absolutely. like that. So Absolutely. I mean, the fact that, you know, you not only made it through, but you're still here doing all of these amazing things is, is huge. Absolutely. And I tell people all the time, people say, you know, I tell them about my car crash. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you ain't got to be sorry. Hey, I made it. I made it better, you know, because like you said, a lot of people don't make it out of certain situations. I'm just thankful for a second opportunity. and I'm not going to waste it. Yeah. And I think, too, that there's probably some people who have maybe been through something similar that, you know, as you or even something just difficult. And they've kind of felt like they wanted to give up and, mm -hmm. you know, there isn't hope. So I think that your story is truly you know, an example of the great things that can happen even mm -hmm. after something horrible happens and how you can use that experience and turn it into something positive. Yeah, we've all been through adversity. Crappy stuff happens to everybody, but it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond to it. How are you going to respond when you get fired from that job? How are you going to respond when you're going through that divorce? How are you going to respond when, you know, whatever happens in your life? My grandmother used to tell me, if you ain't had nothing bad happen to you, it means you ain't lived long enough. Because adversity is coming. Adversity is coming. It's how you're going to deal with it. How are you going to respond when adversity knocks at your door? And I chose to respond as if nothing ever happened. You know, just learn how to deal with it, learn how to cope with it, and then learn how to get over it and move on. Like, all right, this is what happened. This is my new diagnostic. How am I going to get over it? Okay, I play football. I don't play football no more. I'm in a wheelchair. All right, I can go back to school, right? Okay, cool. I can get a job, right? All right, cool. I can move out, right? All right, cool. I can still get on an airplane, right? All right, cool. Like, we're going to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's so important, too, because it happened to you at such a young age. And I mean, I mm -hmm. think any age that something like this happened, you know, would be traumatic. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of people around you um, that helped you get through this. Where did you find that strength to keep pushing through um, with all of the, everything that was going on? I would definitely say my support system. Um there were, I, I've always said that the people surround me don't allow me to have a disability. That are surrounded around me don't allow me to have a disability. And what that means is I didn't, they didn't allow me to give up on myself. They didn't allow me to give up on them. I mean, my parents watching how much they sacrificed to make sure I was a successful individual with, when I first got hurt, they were my full-time caregiver. So my mom would wake up at five in the morning to get me dressed for an 8 a.m. class. And then my dad would take me to school. And then uh, my mom would come pick me up on her lunch break then take me to my dad's job. And then on his lunch break, he would take me home and get me, you know, prepared for the evening. And then they would go back to work and they'd come home at 530, cook dinner, help me shower and all that stuff. And watching how much, you know, my mama breaking my chair down because we didn't have an accessible van at the time, breaking my chair down and, you know, and all this other stuff. And my dad picking me up and I'm watching my dad get up slowly off the couch because his back hurt from picking me up. Watching that stuff, I was like, man, I got to get my, I got to get my life together. I got to get... I, I got to continuously strive because I can't give up because look at how much your parents are sacrificing. Look how much stuff your friends have done for you to make sure that you didn't feel like you had a disability. And throughout that. And, you know, talking about your friends, listening to you, not listening because I was reading, but reading about you, you know, your friends in the book, um, they sound like some of the most amazing people. Um, 
you know, the fact that they were so young at the time and even still now, I mean, they're doing it, but helping you, you know, with all of the things that you needed help with traveling with them and, you know, hanging out with them and just mm-hmm. doing things like going above and beyond mm-hmm. what, what friends, you know, what some, what some friends do, you know, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who have friends like that, but reading that, I was like crying, listening to you, right. <laughs> reading about your friends, because I was like, wow, these are some amazing humans right there. Yeah, and I, you know, my friends will say, Fletch is the same person. He's just sitting down all the time. And looking back at my life and listening to my friends tell their story or what they perceived of me when we were uh, younger before the car crash, you know, from what they said, I I try to, I was a good guy. Like I try to, and I always took up for the little guy. Always, you know, hey, my boy, you need help tutoring? I got you. Don't you got practice, right? Do you need help or not? I got you. You know? Uh, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. And then like that type of stuff, like sitting with the, the guy that was labeled the nerd in high school and just going to, sit with him and he said my dude been sitting by himself every day i'm gonna go over there and sit with him you know mm-hmm. and just being that type of person and i always having people back and when my car crash happened and i needed them that was like oh no problem we got you flitch yeah and i think that's a perfect example because you know jimmy iv's whole thing is about putting positive vibes out into the mm-hmm. universe and that's exactly what you did prior to your accident and then look how it came back to you when you needed that the most, you know, Absolutely. so I think it's just a perfect example of how you really do get back what you put out into the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I try not to be a, you know, a, a hole, so to speak, or, you know, I try not to be a bad person. So even within my wheelchair, you know, it's please and thank you. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. And that type of positive output you know, just like you said, it comes back and people have no problem. Hey, do you mind? I need a ride. You pledge. I got you. Where you want to go? You know, what you did for me last year when you came to spoke in my son's church for free and all that stuff. I'm like, hey, everything is now about money. Sometimes you just got to put good stuff out there in the universe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think more people need to recognize that. You know, I mean, I do think there's people out there that are genuine and they do things from their heart and they need to remember that, you know, we're not doing things for that reason, but it definitely does. It's rewarding mm-hmm. when like you're down and out and you're, you need something or you need someone and you can reach out to somebody and they're there for you. Like that means a lot to people. It really yeah. does. I agree. And it, it's coming full circle now that I've gotten recognition. I've been, I've traveled the country and I've traveled the world, you know, of course, Hey, Fletcher, we're going to pay for you and somebody to come to Egypt. I already know who I'm taking. Remember the guy that was taking me up the stairs, we was in college to the party. You know, my brother, I call him my brother or the mm-hmm. people that was helping me when I didn't have a car or the people like, come on, of course y'all coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Um, so how do you use your story to inspire other people? Believe it or not, I never wanted to be an inspiration. I never like, Hey, let me do this so I can inspire people. I just wanted to live my life to the best of my capabilities. And just so happened, I became an inspiration. So once I, excuse me, once I realized that I was being inspiring, I just It's easy because I just talk about me. I just talk about my life. I, like I never like, oh, let me do this so I can inspire others. I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I graduated college because what else I'm gonna do? You know, <laughs> like that it was the only option for me. You know, uh, so to speak, the only option I knew that you know for myself. And just doing that inspired other people, and I just wanted to show people that 
despite what you go through in life, there's still an opportunity to make your life better as long as you got breath in your body. Uh, Two Chains has a song that says, "If you woke up this morning, you win it. Yeah. You win." So that's and like as long as you got as long as you waking up every day is a new opportunity to do something great or fix what happened yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an important reminder for everybody because every day is a new day. It's a new opportunity. It's a fresh start no matter what happened the day before. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have today to fix it and mm -hmm. start over and do better. Yeah, I, I've never seen a cloud sit over one person's house for an extended amount of time. Though it's raining today, the sun gonna come out eventually, baby. That's right. That's right. So, what would you tell people who are going through hard times? And this may be a repeat of the what we just said, but like, if there was something that you could tell somebody that was going through a hard time, what what would that piece of advice be? I would say make small goals. Don't look at the big picture. Don't try to tackle everything at one time. If you're going through a difficult time, let's say you may be looking for a job. Instead of you know being stressed about finding a job, just make small goals like, hey, today I'm going to apply for three I'm three to five jobs today. I'm going to call three to five people. Tomorrow I'm going to apply for three to five jobs today, call three and five people. Then eventually that consistency, something will good happen. What you do most is what you do best. So if you sit at home and you lazy all day, that's what you're going to be good at. But if you're <laughs> working and you continuously, consistently running all, uh, all day, you're going to eventually become good at it. Mm -hmm. So what you do most is what you do best. So think about what do you want to do? Make small goals and also speak positivity. Every morning I wake up, uh, I'm blasting. Depends on my mood. Today was Johnny Taylor. I was blasting Johnny Taylor in the shower this morning, trying to feel good and get to get the, get the body flowing. Yesterday uh, might be Michael Jackson. Tomorrow might be Anita Baker. Who knows? But just have put on my mood and just speaking positivity. Just you know, uh, I don't you know, just thanking uh, Big G. I call God Big G. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for another opportunity to make today better. And it's gonna today gonna be a good day. Today gonna be a good day. Today gonna be a good day. That type of positive thinking and that type of positive affirmation it bleeds into the rest of your day. It really does, and I think that some people don't realize how powerful that is. Your thoughts being positive, even when like you want to be negative, because that one small positive thought in your head really can make a huge difference. Um, you know, I've, I used to be the, the person who was negative and angry and mad. And if something bad was going to happen, it was going to happen to me. But I realized that it, it, those things were happening because I was thinking about them and I was attracting them to me. And when I started to switch my mindset and start thinking positive and finding the positive and things mm -hmm. and being grateful and, you know, all of that, it really makes such a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's because from my upbringing, my family is a, is a bunch of jokesters and just the glass is always half full, putting laughter uh, out of any situation, uh, you know, and we call it dark humor, but it's just how my family, you know, that's how we are. And it, and it has helped us throughout the years. I remember, you know, my uncle had passed um, probably about three or four years ago and they needed to buy him a new suit. And my cousin was like, well, at least it's going to be the last suit he ever buy. Like, at least he's going to look good in it. <laughs> and I was like, "That's like, why would you say that right now? Why would you say that right here? You know, there's this type of, like, everything's going to be okay. In any situation, always look, the glass is half full. There's always some type of positive in any situation, whether it's, you know, and I try to look at it like that myself. 
Like, man, Fletcher, your house just burned down. Oh, okay, that's crazy. I've been looking for a new house anyway. You know, <laughs> some positive out of it. Yes, yes. It's so true, though, because, I mean, even, you know, it's so funny. At this time of year, I think about it in particular because I live in New York. The snow is going to be coming soon. And there's always these posts on social media about, like, women complaining about having to, like, shovel their driveways, right? When I have to shovel my driveway, my thought is at least I have a driveway to shovel. I'm not complaining about having to shovel my driveway. I'm like, thank God I have a driveway. I have my own house. I I can shovel my own driveway. You know what I mean? Like, it's really the way that you look you're, at things. You're physically capable of doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's people out there who want their driveway shoveled. They just, I just can't. I, my bones ache. Or let's say if I was there, I would be like, man, my driveway, I just physically can't do it. So. The fact that you have a driveway and you're physically capable is always some type of positive in every situation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of things maybe that you haven't done, because you've done a lot in the book, you talk about mm -hmm. a lot of awesome things that you have done. Mm -hmm. What is something that you haven't done yet that you would like to do? Conquer the world. No, uh, <laughs> I would say I've always had a life goal to visit all eight wonders of the world. So I have two now so far. And six to go. So that's kind of a lifelong goal of mine to be able to visit all of those and just look at stuff I've read about in high school and seen on movies and just to be like, oh man, this is actually the Coliseum in Rome. I've seen it so many times. And that's a travel goal. But other than that, I just want to be the best version of myself I can be every day. I just want to become one of the best uh, motivational speakers, one of the best podcast people, one of the best, whatever the case may be. I just want the best associated with whatever it is my name is on. Yeah. And I can say wholeheartedly that I think you will do that because again, reading the book, the attitude that you have, the outlook mm -hmm. that you have on life. Like if you want to do something, you are somebody who I can look at and say, I know he's going to do that. He's not going to let anything, anybody, mm -hmm. nothing stop him from doing nothing. that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing at all. And like I said, that once again, that contested my support system. Like what people don't see is behind all the videos and YouTubes and Instagram posts is there's a team of people behind that camera that was helping me navigate through the Coliseum, helping me navigate through Mexico, throwing me in the cenote in Mexico. You know, all the things you've seen helping me when I went skydiving, it was two of my friends that went with me. You know, you just mm -hmm. don't see them on the video. So this is my support system and surrounding myself with people that want to see me achieve and don't allow me to have a disability. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I mean, I, that's just so incredibly important to have such a supportive group around you, you know, friends, mm -hmm. family, even people maybe that you've never met before who mm -hmm. kind of go above and beyond just because, you know, they're genuinely nice people. Like it really support and help are so important. They really are. Absolutely. And everybody out there in podcast land, be careful who you associate yourself with. Make sure you surround yourself with positive people. You know, and I, I use this analogy all the time. If it was a pack of 10 lions and I told you one of those lions don't bite, would you go over there to figure out which one didn't bite? Or would you just stay away from all 10? <laughs> exactly. So same scenario. Yeah. If you associate yourself with people that are doing bad, if you associate yourself with people that don't have the same goals and the same mindset of you, eventually you're going to adapt that same thought and eventually you're just going to have you're going to be associated with those negative people so be careful who you surround yourself with yeah yeah that just made me think of um like the the saying where like if there's a piece of rotten fruit and you have other fruit around it how the other fruit gets rotten too like exactly. that you know that's it's the same thing like if you're mm -hmm. around people who are negative and angry and 
you know, mad at the world all the time, that's, that's what you're going to continue to attract. You have to, and it's hard sometimes to, you know, to set boundaries and keep those people who are not so positive Mm -hmm. away from you because they're friends, they're family, you have history with them and, you know, all of that, but it really is important to Mm -hmm. do that because you're absolutely right. You know, the, the more positivity that you surround yourself with, the more that's going to come to you. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And like you said, it won't be easy. It won't be easy, but, and also with trying to be positive, uh, a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to be positive tomorrow. Like, I don't think it's a life switch that you just, you know, you just, okay, I'm going to just start living my life in a positive manner. Just start just saying, you know, two things a day, just mm-hmm. two compliments a day, two positive things a day. And then as the day goes or as the weeks go by, then you'll realize you, it's going to become second nature for you to just think positive and be positive. You know, and, and I tell people all the time, the goal is to have a good day. That's mm-hmm. all the goal is just to have a good day. If you line up enough good days in a row, you'll have a good week. Enough good weeks in a row, you'll have a good month. If you line up enough good months in a row, you'll have a good life. I love that. I love that. I, I remember one day, this was years ago now, I had seen something, I think it was probably on social media, about someone who said, try to go one day without complaining about anything and see how your life switches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can do that. I, I can go one day without, without complaining. And the first, like it was in my head. So every time I, I started to like get angry or want to complain about something, I stopped myself. And it was like a, it was an eye opening experience because like, I was like, wow, I complain about a lot through the course of mm-hmm. one day. So, but I made, like, I did it. I did it that day. And like, now I, this was years ago, but now I find myself, like if I start to go that route where I want to complain about something, I still now stop myself and I'm like, hold on a second. Like, is that really something you need to complain? Now it's second nature now. You don't have to think about yeah. it. And also people don't want to be around somebody always complaining and always mm-hmm. whining. And always, Man, just shut up. Be quiet. Like, you know what I'm saying? So and that, and that like nobody wants to be around somebody that's always negative, always draining them, always got something bad to say. And, and you catch yourself not surrounding yourself with positive people. You catch yourself being alone and you catch yourself people uh distancing themselves away from you because you're just not a positive person like you just i get like i said i get you're gonna have your day we all are human there's even myself there are days i'm down there are situations that i may complain about it's just part of life but i just try not to let it last too long i try not to let it consume my whole day my whole week you know all right she broke up with your flesh well all right fine whatever it is what it is let's just keep you know i'm saying just try to be positive try to stay in a positive mindset Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think that that's another important reminder because we do have bad, even the most positive people in the world have bad days. We all go through bad things, but like mm-hmm. you said, it's not getting stuck in that moment mm-hmm. and staying there for days and weeks and months on end because, you know, bad days are part of life. Things are not going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. Absolutely. Like I said, and I think I said this in the beginning, crappy stuff happens to everybody, but it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond to it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so there were, there were so many um, things. I like underlined stuff when I was reading the book, mm-hmm. um, but there were so many positive inspirational quotes in, in the book. Um, do you recall any that are like your favorites that stand out to you that you kind of live by? Absolutely. I uh, named it after my, this quote, at my organization's name after of it. I have it on my clothes and uh, on my wall. 
and it is don't tell me the sky's the limit when there are footprints on the moon basically that. what that means are what, what that means are what that means is that there are no limitations to what you can achieve there are no limitations to what you can accomplish don't allow somebody to put limitations on your life when somebody tells you you can't do something they're just projecting the things that they can't do onto you the person who says they can and the person who says they can't are both right which one will you be so don't tell me the sky's the limit when there are footprints on the moon there are no limitations the only limitations are the ones you impose on yourself yes I love that. And I think that's an important message to instill in kids too, because when you think about it, when kids are little, they, they think they can do anything. And mm -hmm. as we get older, people kind of like put those limitations on us, I think. And it's so mm -hmm. important to continue telling people that not just as kids, but even when they grow up, because, you know, somebody might think that something they're their child wants to do is like too far fetched, but if they believe mm -hmm. it enough and you, you know, water them and help them believe that they can, they can do it. Absolutely. When we, as we get older, we get more realistic or we get complacent. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, um, for instance, we ask a child, I want to be president. And then mm -hmm. you get, you know, out in college, like, okay, cool. You want to be president. Okay. You got to go to four years of this and then law mm -hmm. school. And then this, you know, I don't want to do that no more. You know, okay, I want to be, you know, like you just, I want to be this. And like, as, as you get older, but the thing is to not lose that sense of imagination or that sense of I can accomplish or I can achieve anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I tell kids all the time, it was, you know, like, I want to be a doctor. Okay, you know, you got to go to med school. I got to do four years after I go to college. Uh, yeah. I'm like, well, let me tell let me ask you this. Whether you go to med school or not, four years is going to pass regardless. Right. So you might as well go ahead and go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, so speaking of you're talking to kids, you go around to schools, organizations and do your motivational speaking. What is mm -hmm. what is that like for you? I love it. I love it. Um, I, I think I'm old enough where high school students will listen, but I'm young enough where I can like still be relatable. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they think I'm they think I'm old as dirt. And but I, feel, <laughs> I still think I'm young. So let me say this. I feel like I'm young, but every presentation is different. Depends on the audience. Uh, mm -hmm. High school, of course, is going to be different than when I present to colleges because colleges is more uh, now y'all like adults. Now y'all like 19, 20, 21, 22. And then mm -hmm. I do corporate corporate events, too. Like I spoke at AutoZone headquarters when now we're talking about real life. I'm going to say real life, just more um, connected idealizations and goals. Like, all right, now we're talking about 401ks and now we're talking about mm -hmm. things that adults can regulate, too. So each uh, age group is different, but I love it because it allows me to meet new people. It allows me to hear people's story and it allows me to travel the world and go places and just see things that I never would have dreamt of. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's so important. Like the power of talking to people is so incredibly important. And I've realized this the older that I've gotten, mm -hmm. um, talking to people, but also listening to people, um, which sometimes is difficult for people to do, to just stop and listen. But, you know, when you, especially doing this kind of thing, hearing people's stories and listening to the things that they've been through and hearing, you know, that they didn't let what they went through stop them from living life and overcoming and, you know, doing all the things that they want to do. It's such a powerful mm -hmm. thing. Absolutely. And I try to be that voice for people. I'm like, I, I tell you all the time, being a motivational speaker, people tend to weigh you down with their problems. Like they want you to help them through their problems, which is cool. And I get it. But I tell you all the time, I'm not a therapist. So, uh, but I will take time to listen to you. 
Mm -hmm. I remember one time, you know, this high school student, he was at, at the end of my presentations, I opened up for questions and he was, you know, he came up to me, didn't want to ask his question publicly. He was just like, Fletcher, I feel like nobody listens to me. How do I get people listening to me? And I was like, number one, by saying what you just said. And number two, I will listen to you. What would you like to talk about? And there was a line of people waiting to ask questions. And I was just like, hey, I'm, a, you know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not going to shun this kid away because this is an exemplify. Nobody listens to me if I'm just like, right. OK, yeah, whatever. Next, you know. So and he was like, Fletch, you don't for the fact that you took time to sit down after. And I know you had a busy schedule and just talk to me. He said that meant the world to me. And that type of um, feeling you get, you ask me about what do I love about speaking. It's feelings like that. There's knowing that me listening or me motivating can help change somebody's life drastically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listening really is a powerful tool. It really is. And feeling like you're, you're being heard is also powerful because like you said, that, that child, maybe nobody has ever listened to that child. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you took, even if it was only a few minutes, mm -hmm. it maybe flipped a switch in his head that like, if I talk, people will listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, there's been so many different scenarios where after my presentation, I've gotten great feedback and that's what I, that's why I love doing what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing what you do. It's, it's not even hard. You know, like so you, people be thanking me and I'm like, it's, it's easy to me. Like, this <laughs> is the fun part. I'm thanking y'all for allowing me to do it, giving me a platform, Sexy Cool Lounge. I'm going to thank you for giving me a platform to tell my story. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Um, So... How can the listeners connect with you? Social media, websites, where can they buy your book? Where can they, if they wanted to have you come be, you know, a speaker at their school, their organization, where can, where can they find all the good stuff? Absolutely. I think the easiest and the most um, beneficial would just be going to, would just go to FletcherCleaves.com. That's my first and last name.com. There you can a link to the book. You can check out my AT&T commercial that shows my video, my story. You can check out my TED Talk. You can buy gear. You can also book me for a presentation. Also, at the bottom of there is my social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. So go to FletcherCleaves.com, browse around, see what you like, and reach out to me if you got any questions or uh, concerns. Or you, if you just want to shoot me an email, I'm like, hey, I heard you on Sex and Cool Lounge. I love your positive attitude. I love what you said. I would love to hear from anyone out there. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining me today in the Sexy Cool Lounge. It has been a pleasure talking mm -hmm. with you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to say a lot of people ask me, how can they donate? You can also donate on my website, but uh, I would prefer if you would reach out to me and I can give you my uh, handles to Cash App, PayPal, uh, my organization, all that stuff, because, you know, website going to get they cut. So yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> It is what it is, but you know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. But either way, I would definitely appreciate that because as we are continuously trying to do great things in the community, it costs money. It costs money. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you again um, for joining me. It has been a huge pleasure sitting in for Jimmy IV and being a host in the Sexy Cool Lounge. If you would like to listen to my podcast, Unapologetically Overcoming, it's available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and Podbean. Um, you can also follow my podcast on Instagram at unapologetically underscore overcoming. And it's also on Facebook at Unapologetically Overcoming the Podcast. Mm -hmm. And as Jimmy Ivey would say, remember to love yourself. Love yourself enough to radiate your vibe. And even though we may not have as much as others, we still have more than others. 
So continue to put good vibes out into the universe so that you can always get good vibes back. I'm Jess Marie. Thank you so much, Sexy Cool Lounge, and happy birthday, Jimmy Ivey.